Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. as you heard you know 10 years in the making um, for us to get here and I'm very appreciative for waiting today's uh, my 99th day in office so I appreciate waiting an extra 99 days for me to be at the finish line when there's so many people uh, in the crowd Mayor Robinson Mayor Hayward all of our city staff ST uh, countless others that really uh, made this happen it is kind of funny when, uh, you know, you're the guy who just got elected. You didn't really do anything <laughs> for this project except you get to give the speech because you're the one who's in office. Hey, American politics. And it's kind of funny. You know, I'm sitting there yesterday at the uh, grand opening ribbon cutting for ST Engineering's hangar number two, which is um, suspiciously identical to the first hangar. No, they're, they're joined. They're, they, there was one hangar to begin with, which has, you know, these two enormous doors. You can put two wide bodies in there at the same time or... Uh, I think you can put six, actually, uh, smaller planes in there at the same time. Now you can put four or 12, okay, and, you know, mix and match. The big UPS planes you can put, uh, well, gosh, I guess, you know, I'm not sure how big, but they are, or uh, UPS is one of the um, ones that you see up there. Um, American is another one that's got a contract with them. Uh, Apparently Alaska, Alaska got mentioned one time. Anyway, it's a huge facility. It's enormous. They basically built the second one attached to the first one, and then they're going to build two more. If you know the the airport at all, you know on the north side of the airport you have the Devil's Triangle and that open patch of land where it's just like nothing is there in the middle of nothing, which is supposed to protect the flight, you know, takeoff uh, and landing area. If you go to the west off of Tippin, all of those used to be roads full of homes, not on Tippin, but like, or 12th kind of, but off there, like in a little bit in the woods. Well, they, the woods are empty and there's signs up that say don't go in there anymore because a couple of years ago they tore all those houses down and that's where the next two hangars are going to go. So if you're looking at an aerial overhead, it's the northeast corner of the airport off the runway and then it'll be the northwest corner of the airport off the runway where they're going to put two more buildings and then also a, um, a training facility where they're going to basically in-house teach people how to be a power plant and airframe, you know, get people certified so that they can work on the planes. But yeah, it's kind of funny because I'm sitting there watching this thing yesterday. And uh, as DC is giving his, you know, couple of moments in the sun, um, Grover Robinson is there who's sporting a sweet goatee, by the way. Oh. Yeah. You get out of office, things change, you know, you can do anything you want. <laughs> so Don't uh, worry, Mrs. Robinson. It's it kind of funny because Grover's like, uh, you know, you know, you can still call me. I'm like, I know, I know. I've been meaning to call you because I keep thinking I haven't talked to you in a while. And, you know, uh, anyway, he's working on um, he's working with the estuary. 
uh, committee, the like Matt Posner and trying to get the estuary designation. That's kind of what he's doing right now. And then Mayor Hayward was there also. And um, the mayor also, not sporting any facial hair, but Hold sporting on. a... Yeah, right. <laughs> Understandable. I understandable. Do you remember when we, we had a uh, you know our mayor's hotter than your mayor? Remember when that was a thing? Kathy Summerlin started that. Did she? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I mean, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Second I, member, baby. I didn't. I didn't know I that, that Kathy started Bravo that. Too. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's great. Uh, anyway, so Again, yeah. Don't worry, Mrs. Robinson <laughs> or Mrs. Hayward. Well, maybe worry more about. <laughs> no, he blocked me from Facebook because I photoshopped myself with him. It's fine. <laughs> Anyway, you know, the two former mayors who who actually had a lot to do with this. Now, Grover, you may not remember this, but uh, Grover, when he came into office, okay, the uh, the first hangar opened in 2018. So it's, it's been five years since that first one opened, and that one was a big deal to get done in the first place. And then this one, remember when Grover took office? This project was like $50 million short is what I remember. I'm like 90% sure that's right. I'm about $50 million short of funding. And Grover took office from Mayor Hayward, and he's like, wait, what the? <laughs> Crap. And he had to go basically wrangle cats and stir up $50 million to make this deal happen. And so now we have the second, and of course, again, you have the third and the fourth that are going to be coming. So, uh, yes, it was a good event, and, um, you know, <laughs> I, I think Alex, I, I think it was Alex who had this. They all got lined up for the ribbon cutting, and there was like 453 people in the ribbon cutting. There were more people in the ribbon cutting than there were in the audience. You know, it was like one of them, right. no, it wasn't that bad. It was like, maybe there were there were 15 up there. Um, but, you know, you had... Um, Michelle Salzman was there, and Alex Andrade, and Doug Broxson, and representatives from FBL, and representatives from ST, and then, you know, and even from, like, the Homeland ST, there was a guy named um, uh, Jeff Lamb, who is the Commercial Aerospace Division president. He was here from, you know, like, home ship ST Engineering in Asia, Singapore, and, um, you know, so a lot, a lot, a lot of people were there, and uh, I think Alex got to get the cool announcement moment. All right, let's open this hangar. (laughs) Right before the ribbon cutting. And it was one, I I didn't remember seeing this before, but it was like eight pairs of scissors, a big ribbon, and they all cut it at the same time. It was real pretty, watching the ribbon flutter down. I don't know. Real quick, was it big scissors or regular scissors? Big scissors. They all they had eight pair of big yeah, scissors? Yeah. Wow. You know, not like the goofy comic strip ones, but like the, you know, they're about two feet long. You know, they're, yeah, they had a bunch of them. I don't know where they all got those at the same See, time. I get to the hard hitting That's questions. right. That's yeah. the key stuff. That's the big stuff. It was stuff. big scissors, no kidding. Yeah. So anyway, um... <laughs> It, it was it was a good moment. We'll share some interviews I've got uh, with some of these folks with you throughout the morning. But here here are the things to be thinking about. Number one, these are high paying jobs. You know, well over forty grand to start, and you know, quite a bit more than that as you earn overtime or whatever. Uh, they will train you for them. I mean, you the, you don't have to know anything. You just have to. I'm I'm willing. And. One, so that's all, and that's getting better. PSC signed a memorandum of understanding with them that they're going to be doing some training for them, and then eventually they're going to be doing their own on campus there as well. Uh, so they're trying to produce their own employees, which is kind of the new model for economic development. Is you know it'd be good for a business to go here, but we don't have a lot of people in that area enough to hire, so we're going to try to train them and get them certified to match, you know, so like this project takes you three years to build, let's say, or two years, I think about right in this case. Um, And then, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to start training people. And so we're going to try to get the employees ready by the time the thing is ready. You know, this is kind of the new model of economic development. One challenge we have is that um, getting employees, I I mean, ST is doing everything they can to get employees and 
finding them, training them, the ones who are aware, willing, interested, and, I mean, qualified as a, yeah, they have to be, but they'll help qualify you. And still, it's just like, where are the people? <laughs> you know, we come into a labor short pandemic and that same problem persists. So the uh, the end goal here is 400 jobs from Hangar 1, 400 jobs from Hangar 2, 1,700 altogether. Four hangers, at, quick math, four hangers at 100 apiece plus a kind of admin educational complex. That's what it's supposed to be eventually. Um, I was not able to get – and I've, Bill Hafner, who's the head of um, – uh, he's the guy who actually runs this project here in Pensacola. And he's been honest with us before. And I'm, I'm not saying he's not now. I'm just saying you know he's been very forthcoming before about it, you know finding people has been the hard thing. Which is bizarre because you think about like how many people wouldn't want to make forty plus fifty thousand dollars to do a career, and it's not like you know you're a grease monkey. It's not like there's this very physical, you know, labor intensive, dirty part. It's just not like that kind. Of, it's not like that's what people. He said that in, in the interview I did with him. He's like, I think people perceive it as this, and it's not that. Not that there's anything wrong with those jobs either. Just that those aren't these jobs, you know. So anyway, it's a big day yesterday, and um, we're now just shy of halfway there. Because again, two more hangars plus the other building, and um, uh, it's a ten-year project altogether. And we're about you know five years into the two parts of it. Five nineteen here on News Radio ninety-two-three, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. You've got advanced prostate cancer, but you're not waiting around. You want the straight talk, the facts about a Govix. Or Govix Religolix, 120 milligram prescription tablets is a treatment for adults with advanced prostate cancer. Fact, Orgovix is a different kind of androgen deprivation therapy treatment, a pill, not an injection. Orgovix may cause serious side effects, including a heart condition called QT prolongation. Tell your doctor right away if you feel dizzy, faint, have a racing or pounding heart or chest pain. Orgovix can cause harm to an unborn baby or miscarriage. Use birth control during treatment and for two weeks after Orgovix treatment. The most common side effects include hot flushes, increased blood sugar and blood fat levels, muscle and joint pain, decreased blood hemoglobin levels, increased liver enzymes, tiredness, constipation, and diarrhea. Other side effects include weight gain, decreased sex drive, and erectile function problems. Orgovix may cause infertility. Talk to your doctor if infertility is a concern for you. Go with a Govix. Ask your doctor. For more facts, visit GoWithTheFacts.com. Tomorrow morning on the Pensacola Expert Panel at 9. Join the Great Southern Restaurant Group, home to the Fish House, Atlas, Jackson's, Angelina's, and Five Sisters. They'll be discussing, coming up this month, the Atlas Beverage Class, Jackson's Cooking Class, and other fun things and promotions that you won't want to miss. That's all tomorrow morning at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel with Great Southern Restaurants. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Hello, this is Mary with Howard Young Flooring. Shopping for flooring can be a little overwhelming. At Howard Young Flooring, we are here to help you any way we can and answer any questions you may have so that you can make knowledgeable decisions. We understand the importance of each and every customer and would like to thank you for allowing us into your homes. For those we have not met, we hope to see you soon. Visit us today at 4333 Avalon Boulevard in Milton. We look forward to covering your future. All of your local news and talk from dependable host Andrew McKay on your morning drive with Pensacola Morning News 5 to 9 on News Radio 92.3. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. <laughs> this, this is why I love working with Candy. 
So, play the little clip, you know, I love to smell napalm in the morning, and Candy looks at me and says, oh, breakfast club. <laughs> okay, well, sort as of. As a joke, of yeah. course, obviously as a joke, and I'm like, oh. I love, I love when, you know, you, somebody can know you well enough that you know they're making a joke that makes them seem stupid, but it's actually them being real smart. You know, that kind of, those oh, are sure. good friends. Those are good friends. 521 on News Radio 923, informative, local. Whoa, that's not what I meant to do. Informative, local, dependable. Don't make Dexy scream at me. Uh, David Wayne is in the newsroom this morning with our headlines. David? An American citizen has been killed in the West Bank uh, amid violence between the Palestinians and Israelis. Happened near Jericho on Monday when a Palestinian gunman opened fire. Hundreds of uh, Israeli soldiers had been deployed to the area after the violence. The Environmental Protection Agency says four sites are now ready to receive waste from that train derailment in East Palestine. Uh, Regional EPA Administrator Deborah Shore said two Ohio sites began receiving waste material Monday. A third Ohio location and an Indiana location have now been approved. And the American Civil Liberties Union asking Congress not to ban TikTok. They argue it would uh, violate the free speech rights of Americans. A House committee is taking up that ban on the Chinese-owned video app today. The ACLU argues that Americans have a right to use TikTok to exchange thoughts and ideas. Lawmakers, though, of course, have concerns about uh, the user info being given to the Chinese government. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I understand that the ACLU is going to come out and defend First Amendment. And by the way, you know, um, the ACLU gets a, a very negative rap among conservatives and Christians, and especially conservative Christians, um, and un- I understand why, obviously, but uh, they... They just, you know, they advocate for free speech. I mean, kind of, period. <laughs> That's like their thing. Uh, it might seem like they're on the wrong side of some issues. Sometimes I understand that. And um, I'm not sure they're on the right side of this one. But uh, at least you can see where they're coming from. It is a mechanism that Americans use to communicate with each other and or think they're using to communicate with each other and some other people who are listening, too. Uh, <laughs> but, I know, but you can learn dances like how to right. be sturdy or green, green grass. You want me to show you? No. It's really cool. I'm good. <laughs> No, but you can watch those on YouTube. Four three seven sixteen twenty. Oh, we have the uh, Supreme Court oral arguments today. L- here, here's what's going to happen. You know, people who don't listen to the Supreme Court oral arguments because uh, there's no video. Okay, you can listen to it. Uh, and since the pandemic, they've kept up the you can listen to it live when it's happening, and then they post them right away, which is really nice. I I, I know it's nerd stuff, but um, it used to be you had to wait till the end of the week for them to post all of the arguments, and so by the time it was news, it wasn't news anymore. Um, although for me, of course, I usually don't cover it for a few days because I want to listen to the arguments and for myself. A- anyway, if you listen to these ever, you'll know that the Supreme Court has a fascinating way of, um, I mean, they're dealing with very complicated issues. It might seem easy to you because you're not a judge. Um, and I'm, I'm telling you that if a, if a case winds up at the Supreme Court, it's hard. Okay, even though it might seem easy to you. The problem is that you're looking at it through the lens of politics. They're looking at it through the lens of what the law says. And those are different things. And so this case is um, complicated. And if people tune in thinking what they're going to hear is an argument about socialism versus capitalism or something. Okay. There are two big issues in this case. And it's actually it's a pair of cases. Um, One issue is whether the Biden administration implemented this rule in which they're going to forgive either ten dollars or $20,000 worth of your student debt, depending on which kind of debt you've got. Uh, they're going to forgive this debt, and the rule itself was not announced with enough time for the public to weigh in on it. So, sort of like, um, imagine you went to a city council meeting, and you uh, they, they raised some topic that you wanted to talk about, and they 
discussed it and voted on it without ever having public input, right? Okay? That's the issue. And then you came back and sued the city and said, hey, I didn't get to say why this is stupid. Well, the vote was 7-0, to zero, sir. I don't care. I wanted to have a say. Well, you're supposed to be able to have a say. And they didn't follow their procedure if that happens. Same thing here. Okay? So the question is going to be whether the program inappropriately violated or whether the Biden administration inappropriately violated the requirement for public comment in putting this executive order together. That's going to be number one. Uh, the other case, and by the way, both of these cases are going to have troubles from the beginning because standing is going to be an issue. Because, like, the people who are suing... Ha- how do you prove that you've been harmed by a program that gives people loan forgiveness? Very difficult. You say, Andrew, that's taking my money. Eh, that's, yeah, no. Um, what the a couple of them are is they, they have loans that are not covered under the program. So kind of part of the argument is going to be, well, since my loans didn't get forgiven and other people's did get forgiven, that's a like a comparative disadvantage, basically. I mean, it's... Standing is going to be hard. Standing, remember, is the idea that you have to prove an action by the government or by another individual has harmed you in order for you to sue. You can't sue, like, on the basis of the idea. You know, I think that law is unconstitutional. Well, how did it harm you? I don't know. I just don't like it. Well, no standing. Otherwise, the court would be full of people bringing lawsuits on things they're interested in as opposed to the courts being already full with cases based on people who claim they've been harmed by something. So anyway, standing is always the first question. And if you don't meet the standing threshold, then the whole case goes away. You just shut up, basically, is what happens. And a lot of times cases are, you know, denied standing. So standing is going to be the first issue in both of these. And then the particular questions, one of the cases has to do with that issue of public comment. The other case has to do with whether the power that the Biden administration is using in this particular way was authorized by Congress or not. Because Congress is the one who's ultimately supposed to have the power to do this stuff. The Biden administration says that they have this authority from Congress under the, um, this is going to kill you when you hear this, the the authority that's being used here, and even I didn't know this, I, I was reading about this yesterday. The authority being used here has to do with the Higher Education Relief Opportunities for Students Act, the HEROES Act. This was originally put in place after September 11th. And the law was intended to keep service members, follow this, military members, from being harmed financially when they were thrown into war in Afghanistan and Iraq. Okay, so (laughs) the idea was um, having to do with student debt that you can't really pay off and maintain while you're deployed. And now, because you had a pandemic... An emergency situation, a sudden catastrophe, during which people with student loans are adversely harmed by their inability to have a living and therefore to pay off their student debt, that that's the authority under which he's waiving student debt for, you know, 40 million people. So a law that was originally intended to basically give a break to members of the military after 9-11 who got caught up in the war on terror and had student debt— That's being used as the authority because, oh, well, in an emergency, the president can, you know, do away with student debt. And now he's doing away with student debt for every. That's the. So the other case is going to be whether that's fair, (laughs) you know, whether that's the authority Congress meant to give him or not. I would say no. But um, I, I think both of these cases have challenges, particularly on standing. 
Uh, they're also going to have challenges on the, on the merits of the case. But if you tune in, and by the way, the Supreme Court, the way it used to work is it used to be an hour. You had an hour for one side and then the other side and the rebuttals. And everything was done in an hour. Somewhere along the line, the Supreme Court made the decision that, you know, time limits aren't so important. So now they go like two and a half hours per case, which is, oh, it's long. <laughs> As a guy who sits through the Milton City Council meetings every God, they're always, or the uh, Escambia County Commission meetings, which are also very long. Um, I'm telling you, these are long oral arguments, and there's a lot to follow. It's a lot of detail, and they're not as fun as they used to be. So I would recommend, unless you're really into this stuff, this is probably not going to be your must-hear attention today. David, what do you have coming up, sir? The Reedy Creek Improvement District is no more. More after Fox. News. I'm Chris Foster. A Department of Energy report finding COVID-19 likely came from a Chinese lab leak is not a definitive conclusion, says National Security Council spokesman John Kirby. What the president wants is facts. He wants the whole government designed to go get those facts. And that's what we're doing. And we're just not there yet. Texas Senate Republican Ted Cruz says there's overwhelming evidence of a lab leak covered up. After the pandemic began, the Chinese government actively destroyed the samples at the Wuhan Institute for Virology, destroyed them, and they also disappeared the whistleblowers. He's on Hannity on Fox. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signs a bill replacing Disney theme park self-governing power with a board he appoints. The company opposed a state law restricting sexual orientation and gender identity discussion in schools. With this arrangement, Florida was subsidizing that type of activism. He was on Tucker Carlson tonight. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 531 News Radio 923. I'm David Wayne. 72. It's mostly cloudy right now in Pensacola. And the days of the corporate kingdom are over. That's what Governor Ron DeSantis said yesterday after signing a bill dissolving Disney's self-governing board. The bill replaces the Reedy Creek Improvement District with the Central Florida Tourism Oversight Board. And the governor says that Disney no longer has its own government. They'll have to live under the same laws as everybody else. Deputies still looking for a pit bull and its owner. This is after a fatal dog attack last week here in Escambia County. Happened Friday, last Friday on Norris Avenue when three pit bulls attacked and killed a 60-year-old man. Two of those dogs were captured. A third is still on the loose. First of all, we got to find the owner. The owner is apparently hiding from us, and then we're still looking for the one one dog. We believe that the homeowner has that dog. And Escambia County Sheriff Chip Simmons talked with Channel 3. He says they need to talk with animal control to see if the dogs had previously been declared dangerous, and then they need to uh, find out what steps the homeowner had taken to try and contain the dogs. He says the dog's owner could face charges ranging from a second-degree misdemeanor to a third-degree felony. Motorcyclist in the hospital after a hit-and-run crash on Airport Boulevard yesterday. This happened near Miller's Ale House. PPD says the biker was taken to the hospital on a trauma alert. Right now, we don't have any word on their current condition. School board member Kevin Adams recently said he plans to bring a resolution to next month's meeting to return the district to an elected superintendent. Pensacola's mayor was asked about that yesterday. He called it a political game. schools in the city... Uh, inside the city limits are the schools with the most need and the parents of those children voted for there to be appointed superintendent four years ago. So um, I, you know, it's unfortunate that we're, we're going to now, um, you know, take education and, and politicize it. Um,
Reeves says having an appointed superintendent gives the elected school board members more power to make changes when needed, and voters approved a referendum to change from the elected to the appointed superintendent back in 2018. Well, Bush Garden, Tampa Bay's newest attraction is now open, the Serengeti Flyer. Opened yesterday, the park says the Screaming Swing Ride offers a breathtaking view of the park's uh, Serengeti Plain. Speeds of the ride reach up to 68 miles an hour and uh, a height of 135 feet. 534, it's News Radio 92.3. Let's get a look at our Channel 3 forecast. Another warm day today with temperatures warming up near 80 degrees for your afternoon high. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 66. For Wednesday, warm pattern will continue with a high near 78 degrees. Wednesday night, temperatures dropping near 70 for your low. For Thursday, we are going to be seeing a small chance of rain build back in. 20% chance of showers with a high near 78. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Warning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Warning Weather Center. Thank you, Brooke. Right now, 72, mostly cloudy in Pensacola, 71 in Gulf Breeze, and 71 in Milton. Our next news at 6. Breaking news anytime. News Radio 92.3. What is News Radio 92.3? Informative, local, and dependable news from WEAR-TV and the News Radio News Team. Informative, local, and dependable talk with Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, and Bobby Rossi. Informative, local, and dependable traffic with traffic on the fives during your morning and afternoon drive. Informative, local, and dependable weather. Informative, local, and dependable coverage of breaking news and when disasters strike. That's what News Radio 92.3 is. Informative, local, dependable. Tune into the Pensacola Expert Panel today. At 10.30, when the Pensacola State College Charter Academy principal will be on the show discussing how high school students can earn their diploma and transferable credits and an associate degree simultaneously all for free. Applications are being accepted now, so you won't want to miss it on the Pensacola Expert Panel today at 10.30. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. VIP Care is bringing better health to the Pensacola community February 27th and 28th. Both days they'll be on hand at the University Town Center from 9 a.m. till noon, where they'll have giveaways, raffles, and we'll be answering all of your primary care questions. VIP Care specializes in primary care for Medicare Advantage members. They proudly accept Florida Blue Medicare, as well as most insurance plans in the county. Come see VIP Care February 27th and 28th. You deserve better health. Stream us online at newsradio923.com or download the News Radio Pensacola app. Front seat. Bag of what? It's just got my white clothes in it. Bag of whites? Yes, sir. You have a warrant? I believe so. You believe you have a warrant, sir? Okay. If you don't mind, if I may have them. Stand right there if you I, don't I'm move. I'm not going to go nowhere, man. I, I'm, I'm full, I'm full, Brad. I'll tell you that warrant when you travel with a bag of whites. So, this is a video on the San Rosa County Sheriff's Office Facebook page. It was of Sheriff Bob Johnson out on patrol. The voice you heard was not his, though. I 
was corrected about that yesterday talking to Shane Tucker. Uh, it was the other deputy who was involved in the arrest asking about a bag of whites, which I will ask Shane Tucker about as well. But in any case, you know, pull a guy over and, you know, start doing the looking around and you look around and see some stuff. <laughs> and so we'll talk about that a little bit. Yesterday, had a chance to talk to Chief Deputy at Center of the Sheriff's Office, Shane Tucker. Chief, welcome back to the show, sir. Hey, good morning, Andrew. How are you today? I'm doing well. Uh, I was just watching this video of Sheriff Johnson out on patrol, uh, basically pulling a guy over and him saying he's got a bag of whites in the front seat. They found a gun in the car. I don't know if they found other stuff. I'll ask you about that. But first question is, what what, what is a bag of whites? I, I mean, I know what white clothing is, like whites, delicates, knits, you know, but what is a bag of whites? I've never heard this expression. Well, in almost anything, Andrew, um, context is king. Um, in this context, when we're talking about a bag of whites, uh, what this gentleman was carrying around with him was a, was a bag of white clothes, um, uh, underpants, T-shirts, and things like that, um, in preparation for going to jail. When, uh, when, when you go to jail, you are allowed to keep a, a limited number of, of white clothing um, items like that. Um, so evidently he had some – uh, some insight that he would soon be going off to the San Rose County Jail, so he was uh, doing what he could to be prepared to be as comfortable as possible. Is this co- this is so common that people have an expression for it? Bag of whites. Uh, evidently, um, <laughs> you know, truthfully, I'm, I'm <laughs> I wasn't aware that it was this real big thing, um, but but evidently it is. Okay. I mean, because, you know, Sheriff Johnson reacted like no pause, like, oh, all right, you bag of whites got a felony warrant out for you. Okay. You know, like, what? <laughs> but okay, fair enough. But and, and, the, and, the, and, the you voice know, t- you heard in, in the video was Deputy Josh Carlson. Okay. Um, he had already taken uh, – he was putting him into his vehicle during that conversation. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And it's a reminder that, you know, Sheriff Johnson does go on patrol uh, regularly just to, you know, to keep him uh, abreast of what the life of his deputies is like, right? Well, um, Sheriff Johnson conducts traffic stops uh, on the regular. Um, it is not at all uncommon to uh, to, to hear him uh, uh, call in a vehicle stop and pull people over and, and issue warnings, write tickets. And, and on occasion, uh, he, he will take people to jail. In this particular instance, uh, he encountered a driver that had a suspended driver's license, a warrant, um, a firearm, despite the, his status as a convicted felon and uh um, I believe he was actually on GPS at the time, and uh, his his aforementioned bag of whites led me to believe that, that that he knew that he would be going to jail at pretty much any moment. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, it's it's good police work. I just you know I, anyway, the criminals amaze me. They really really amaze me. Um, you guys had a arrest in a um, a hoax school shooting, but it's like a year old case you keep working on, right? Oh, we sure did, and uh, this one this one feels good. This this feels good to to get some some uh, resolution. Uh, you may remember in February of last year, uh, an active shooter was called in at the Milton High School uh, here in Milton, and obviously that's that's kind of call gets everybody's adrenaline running, and um, and people get in a real big hurry real fast. Um, we got on scene. We uh, we started working the. Um, the facts as we knew them, and we discovered pretty quickly that, that we were looking at what most likely uh, a hoax, that there was not, in fact, an active shooter. Um, we have been investigating this for a year, uh, just over a year, as a matter of fact, uh, with uh, the cooperation of the uh, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. And uh, we are incredibly pleased that uh, one of our investigators was able to actually go to New Jersey last week to interview the suspect and uh, our local warrant was served, and he is now in custody 
and uh, my understanding is waiting extradition back to Santa Rosa County. Outstanding. Uh, Good police work as again. As a side note, yeah. he did tell our investigators that this was not the only one that he, he had done. In fact, he estimated that he had done this in, I believe he said, like eight other states. Oh, my God. Um, so wow. th- this had happened quite a bit from just this one suspect. A serial hoaxer then. So, okay, all right. Well, good to get him out of that ability. Uh, Chief, you guys have uh, uh, some job openings you're hiring for, right? Uh, we sure do. We are uh, currently looking for deputy sheriffs, uh, both for detention as well as law enforcement. Uh, and we even have some... Uh, potential for uh, hiring and, and starting in the uh, school resource office position. Uh, so if you're interested in that, certainly check us out. Uh, we're also still looking for some control room, op- control room operators, and uh, we just posted an information systems uh, application administrator position. So uh, we've got a lot of good job openings. If, uh, if uh, anybody's interested, they can check us out at uh, SantaRosaSheriff.org for the qualifications and, and other information. Well, the uh, the Escambia County Sheriff's Office doing their own training, and I know that's focused primarily on training their own deputies in their way of doing things. Is them doing that, does that have any effect on you? Does that open up pipeline in the other academy? Have you guys ever looked into doing your own certification for your own training? I, I, we haven't ever pursued any kind of, um, you know, uh, serious efforts to do our own training academy. Um, okay. You know, at this point... You know, for you know, it, the juice isn't necessarily worth the squeeze right now. Gotcha. The, the, the money and the resources that it would take to do that. Um, I, I can tell you, it'd be it'd be terrific if if we could have our own academy. Um, I, it's just not feasible at this point. Uh, okay. As far as the Escambia Sheriff's Office Academy affecting us, um, I, I would look for any effects to be be negligible. Okay. Um, you know that they're going to hire their people and and, and train them, and then people that that want to come to work or ultimately come to work for Santa Rosa or other agencies will go will continue to go through the same academies they're going through now. Got it. Very good. Shane Tucker is the Chief Deputy of the Santa Rosa Sheriff's Office. As always, Chief, thanks so much for the time, for helping our folks be safer, and for keeping us informed, man. I appreciate it. Hey, you bet, Andrew. Talk to you soon. Absolutely. 545, 44, 15, 38, Omaha! Uh, 5... <laughs> 5:44 here on News Radio 92.3. Uh, I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Hey, if you are thinking about selling your home, you know the the one question, first question is right. Do I want to? Is now the right time? Second question is okay. Maybe now is the right time. What's the right price? How much can I get? Right. That's the natural question, which is part of the first question. Right. Knowing how much you can get is part of the answer to is now the right time to do it. Well, you ask Christina Leavenworth. I mean, seriously, ask her. Call her up and say, Andrew says he, you, we can ask you stuff, and you'll give us straight answers, and you'll tell. Yeah, she will. Uh, I've known her as long as I've lived here, and she's been doing real estate for about six years, I think, something like that. You know, she was in the news for a long time and did some other stuff, but um, fantastic at this. Like, unbelievably good at this. You know, people are like, why, why do you talk about her all the time? Because it's easy to. <laughs> I mean, it's really, really easy to because she's always sending me these stories of, well, we listed this home for that much and we sold it for that much. And, you know, some of that has tapered off a little bit because the market has changed, obviously. But that actually proves the point. You know, like when the market is hot, you know, to some degree, it's it's not true that anybody can, although it's easier. OK, even in that circumstance, it's good to have a good realtor who can really get you your best for your your uh, your home. But when the market is cooler like it is now, that's especially important to have somebody who understands the market and can maximize what you get and make sure you get your equity out of your home. And that's Christina Leavenworth because it's everything. It's from staging to doing minor repairs to, you know, it, it's stuff you might not even think about. 
But she will be like, no, we're going to change that. It's not going to be that big of a deal, but that will really affect the price you get for your home. Oh, okay, fantastic. She and her folks at Levin Rinky Realtor are great at this. In fact, she's so confident that she can sell your home that she'll say in 30 days, if it's not sold, I won't pay you or you won't pay me anything. Okay, I won't take a seller's commission after 30 days. Well, what's going to happen is she'll sell your home. Okay, so don't get into this thinking, all right, we can go 32 days, no seller's commission. It doesn't work that way. Uh, she's going to sell your home. Also, she will, uh, if, you, if you're willing to, you know, or eager to do it quickly, she has cash buyers. So, uh, you know, you might not get as good a price, but the point is you can get it right now. She's got a whole list of investors who are willing to do that. So whatever the right thing is for you, and sometimes I know the right thing is going to be, she's going to be like, I don't think you'll be happy selling your home. And she'll tell you that, no problem. You know why? Because she just wants to help people. I know her. I know that's where her heart is. So give Christina Leavenworth a call, 723-9158, 723-9158. The new year means a new resolution. And one of the sure things on the menu is weight loss. Tune in today at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel as one of the ProHealth team members will be the guest and we'll be discussing how ProHealth Medical Weight Loss Program can help you during the new year and beyond. Get ready to feel and look better with a ProHealth Medical Weight Loss Program. That's today at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. You know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair of Swan Capital, Saturdays at 1, to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do all the things you've dreamt about doing in retirement. Don't miss What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair, Saturdays at 1. Firm offers insurance services. Advisory services offered through Swan Capital, LLC. Hobbies can be fun and expensive. How about a hobby that's fun and could make you money? Find out how this Thursday morning at 10 with Emerald Coast Coins. Hear about precious metals and metal detectors as a great hobby. For nearly 20 years, Emerald Coast Coins has been one of the top-rated businesses in Northwest Florida to buy and sell gold, silver, and the best metal detectors to find treasure. Get more information about this Thursday morning on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. From county commissioner meetings to the blues, Andrew covers it all on your morning drive on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Mayo, kiss my grits. <laughs> Good morning, 548 here on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's a Pensacola morning news. And uh, David Wayne is in the newsroom this morning with our headlines. Uh, how badly off guard did I catch you now that I'm like uh, 10 minutes early from normal, David? No, it's it's okay. I'm getting used to the fact that you're all over the place. That's you're right. trying to throw me off. That's right. I, I, I am all over the place. That's how I describe my educational style. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> Uh, former health officials are now being criticized for claiming that COVID likely came from uh, a lab leak. Uh, or Let me rephrase that. Former health officials that were criticized for claiming COVID likely came from a lab leak are now feeling vindicated. This is after the Department of Energy concluded that the uh, pandemic started from a lab leak in China. Dr. Robert Redfield, the CDC director back in the uh, Trump administration, faced a lot of widespread criticism for uh, suspecting that. He said it was a shame that top scientists reached faulty conclusions. Uh, winter weather continuing to impact people all over the place from California over to the northeast. Uh, there could be a bunch of snow in the northern plains again. And uh, an, 
An American citizen has been killed in the West Bank. Uh, this is in violence uh, amid violence between the Palestinians and the Israelis. This happened near Jericho on Monday. A Palestinian gunman apparently opened fire. Hundreds of soldiers have been deployed to that area uh, with all this escalating violence. All right. Thanks so much, David. Yeah, this uh, whole business of the uh, origin of the COVID-19 virus, it, <laughs> as I said the other day, and as, you know, I've been trying to, it was fun. I was watching The Daily Show last night with uh, Hassan Minhaj was filling in, and I'd never heard of him before. I guess he's a staffer. Pretty funny, actually. And um, he was basically making the point. He's like, okay, so there's nine federal agencies that are in, in the intelligence uh, arena and have looked into this. Two of them aren't sure. Five of them think uh, wet market, and two of them think that lab now. So we <laughs> we don't know, which that's fine. Okay, it's fine to be uncertain. But, of course, you know, people who, you know, how did this become the flashpoint? Well, it's because people who thought maybe it was going to come, had come from a lab, got silenced, right? And anytime, you know, the people who are generally opposed to, like, controlling thought and expression and want to share information freely um, don't like it much to be told, well, you can't talk about that because as soon as you get told that, you figure, well, that must be the true one, right? Because nobody tries to suppress an error. No, they do that too. Um, but the point is, it's just, we're, we don't know. But the people who have for the longest time been saying that's the most likely answer, or we ought to consider that answer, you know, that it came from the lab, uh, are feeling like, see, you know, you give it enough time and the government comes back around. And this is why the government shouldn't be picking winners or losers early. This is why you shouldn't be saying things like science says. Uh, <laughs> the number of times that we got told during COVID and over issues prior to that, whether it's, um, you know, the origins of, of humans or whether it's global climate change or anything else, this idea that, you know, well, science says this. Okay, I've studied the history of science, you know, relatively well as a philosopher, and I can tell you that science changes. And everybody knows that. Everybody knows science changes, except that we tend to forget it when the thing that's being said right now by some scientists happens to be the thing that we want to believe is true. And so what we say in that circumstance is, well, science has given us the answer. And what the rest of us say is, science changes its answers. And that's good. That's that. That's the point. Science is trying to disprove its viewpoints. Ch science is trying to get at the truth. Science is not dogmatic. In fact, historically, when science becomes dogmatic is when it's wrong. Because it's not willing to look at, you know, the better evidence that's out there. But science should always be looking at the better evidence that's out there. And it should especially not be saying things like, well, 94% of all scientists agree that blank. Okay. When people start saying that like it's a popularity contest or like it's a democratic vote, um, first of all, that's just not how science works. And second, when they're doing that, you can tell that what they're trying to do is artificially stifle exactly the kind of thing that science is supposed to do, which is question. You know, I, I, look, I, I don't mean to be long-winded about this, but it's worth saying once in a while. Science is in the business of disproving things. Not in the business of proving things. You're like, well, I, I don't know. The, 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 the design of an experiment is you take a hypothesis and then you design an experiment to disprove that hypothesis in order to show that that hypothesis is not reliable. And after a while, if you do enough experiments that disprove enough hypotheses and you're trying to disprove this hypothesis and you can't, because you've tried a bunch of experiments to disprove it and you can't, you say things like, we're pretty sure that's right. <laughs> because, But new evidence could come along. 
So when science as an endeavor stops trying to disprove something, that's a problem because it's kind of abandoned its basic premise of disproving is, you know, by attrition what's left is true. So just, you know, I don't know. it's the kind of thing where we just don't do enough really to teach people how to think about these things and what these things mean. And the reason science is so reliable, generally speaking, is precisely because it's allowed to follow its process and because it is so rigorously trying to disprove things that you can kind of trust that if they've tried real hard to disprove it. But if people aren't even designing experiments anymore to disprove things because they've decided that there's, for example, better grant money available in the working on another stuff area or working on verifying something, which is not... Anyway, just there's a lot of subjects that fit in this. And this question of, you know, well, all the scientists say, it's just, again, that's not how science works. 554 on News Radio 92.3. I heard one quick amen from Candy. So, you know, which is, that's, I, I love right that. I love that. What's that? No, you're right about science. Uh, I want a Neil deGrasse tattoo. Thank you. Ah, oh, I don't want one, but it's okay because I don't want tattoos. Oh, speaking of tattoos, you ring. <laughs> You're I, say, I know I, I have two that I want to get rid of so bad. I saw a story <laughs> yesterday that I, I have to acknowledge. I, I don't understand, but I don't understand body modification to begin with. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm not telling you that as like, I'm judging you. I'm just telling you, I don't understand. I don't understand tattoos and piercings and all that kind of stuff. I don't get why people get them. Okay. Because sometimes people have friends and they just want to celebrate I their get friendship. It, you know, no, there you go. Drunk on the night. I get it. Okay. And I was probably a couple wow. of hairs breath away from, you know, getting a, uh, Gumby? an ear piercing as part of the tech crew on the church choir tour bus. Because uh, people were doing it for, to each other, and I thought, ah, oh, and then I didn't. <laughs> so be glad you didn't. I yeah, have one of yeah. those. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not like some big <laughs> wall of virtue separating me. And there was kind of you know pretty close circumstance at the time. A- anyway, back to the point. I don't really understand body modification stuff. Um, I, I just don't get it. You know, people have tried to explain. You don't want to go down to Hula Moon and get. I've tried to understand. Right. I've talked to uh, lot, lots, and I don't judge you. You know, if you've got, I mean, sometimes I will if they're ridiculous. Okay, but just having them in general. <laughs> So I saw this story, and I tell you all that as a way of like preface to telling you this story, that there's a thing out there that I had only heard of till you know yesterday called permanent jewelry. Mm-hmm. Permanent jewelry, and again, you know, pardon me for not knowing, uh, but permanent jewelry or permanent bracelets is the most common form of this, is supposedly, the article was saying that this is what people like to do as a, instead of getting your body permanently modified, instead of a tattoo, you can get a permanent bracelet. So you and a friend, you know, you uh, it's Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. and uh, you and a friend decide to go get matching anklets. Well, typically when you put on a, you know, piece of jewelry, you can also later take it off mm-hmm. because it's got a clasp. And you, again, I, I don't mean to mansplain jewelry, but, you know, you put the clasp on, you put the clasp, whatever. Uh, well, in this case, there's no clasp because it's, like soldered into place it's meant to be permanent so you put it on one time and then you leave it on forever and of course it's going to be high quality like gold or something like that so it's not going to go bad but the idea is that you can have permanent jewelry onto your body not in a piercing but just around your like your ankle or your um uh or your wrist and to me i think like well okay i mean that's a little bit of a commitment i suppose but you can always just <laughs> break it off yeah, right, i mean right. you know yeah. the, the the threshold for removal is pretty low on this thing so um the the quote from one of the experts here is i see a lot of people who see this as a fun less scary alternative to a piercing or a tattoo but still the same shared experience is it i always thought i again not really understanding body modification stuff but 
people who do it, it's very empowering and thrilling and even painful, and that's part of the, the value of it to people who do it, that they've endured a thing. And in this case, if somebody just solders a bracelet on your wrist, I'm not sure that's the same as getting a tattoo. Well, it doesn't but feel a, the same to me. It's a super shared experience that you well, that's like. True. I have um, a, a match. These are all matching with like other people, mm-hmm. and I actually have three. I have one that's just a red dot because we chickened out. I'm serious. There's two other people in Milton with ow, red dots. Ow, and they I didn't were, know. Ow. The three of us were all best friends. They were dating, so I, I wasn't. You know, I was just driving. <laughs> but we gotcha. all, we all they broke up. But anyway, we all have dots. Okay. What up? There you go. Four three seven. Wouldn't 16. do it again. <laughs> four three seven sixteen twenty four three seven sixteen twenty. What's the other thing I was going to tell you about? Um, oh, interesting. Uh, we've got the um, uh, interesting and awful at the same time is we have a, a vote that got taken recently in the United Nations and General Assembly on the Ukraine works as we just passed the one year anniversary last Friday, and a hundred forty one countries voted to end the hostilities. They don't really have the power to do it, but they voted to do that. That's common for the U.N. We vote to do what we can't do. Um, But here's the thing. Six countries voted with Russia. Six countries voted with Russia. Belarus, not a surprise. North Korea, not a surprise. Syria, not a surprise. Eritrea, Mali, and Nicaragua. Nicaragua? (laughs) Nicaragua. Uh, Nicaragua (laughs) voted to join Russia in opposing the declaration. Okay, so there we go. That's the outpost here in the Western Hemisphere. Um, there had been four countries who voted in October. Okay, Mali and Eritrea uh, were the ones who abstained at that time, and they now joined Russia. So um, you would think this would be an easy thing, but obviously not. Um, uh, abstaining during the vote last Thursday, South Africa, China, and India. Okay, so China is still sitting on the fence on the sidelines, right? But 141 to 7 with uh, two new opponents of ending the war because I guess they think the war is a good thing.